Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fancy Arena Saturday night. The Hurricanes dominated the Arizona Coyotes and then needed really a miracle goal from Dmitry Orlov just to take a 2 1 lead late. Uh, we've seen too much of that lately. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and other things with Luke DeCock of the News and Observer, who is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, I still, from the camera angle directly behind Orloff, I still can't figure out how that puck got past Connor Ingram. It was almost like it, like, apparated, to use a Harry Potterism, and ended up behind it. Maybe it took the flu network. I don't know. Uh, you have any theories? I don't, um, and to be honest, I was busy dealing with the aftermath of NC State's yeah. debacle in Syracuse. When I was watch, actually watching the game on a manager's phone in the hallway outside the <laughs> locker room at 1-1, and by the time we were done talking to the players and Kevin right. Keats, it was it was it back, got back in the room at 3-1, and it was over. So I saw the replay like everybody else. Uh, I don't have any explanation. It's close encounters of the something kind. <laughs> but all this time when we've talked about the Hurricanes, not getting puck luck or not finishing chances or shooting percentages or blah, blah, blah. This is the kind of goal that they haven't been getting. The one you can't explain or the one that looks weird or the one that's a soft goal. Um, and I think if, if, you know, obviously this is, we've said this about the team for five years now, but if that tide ever turns, uh, it's going to be a juggernaut. And, and honestly, I think that the, the reality is the fact that they're in the position they're in with the goaltending they've gotten is actually a minor miracle in and of itself. But, um, you know, beyond that, I mean, I I think it's a good time for the break. You take some momentum into it. Um, They've played really well, um, haven't always been rewarded, and figured out a way to do it with the goaltending they've gotten. I I think that's actually pretty impressive. Let's let's talk about the the impact of the goaltending. I go back to the game in Ottawa. And this is before the holiday break. And it's been 21 games since that game in Ottawa. There have been, by my estimation, two bad goaltending performances. Uh, one against Nashville that saw Auntie Ranta waved the next day. And one against the Islanders in Carolina couldn't come back and lost 5-4. That was Kachetkov. But since the Ottawa game, they are 14-3-4 and four, when, for the most part, they have gotten no worse than good goaltending. Doesn't that just illustrate the difference? Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I think if you look at the numbers in terms of goals saved against expectations and yep. all the advanced stats, the goaltending actually hasn't been that good, but it's been good enough, and that's really what matters in the NHL is, it, you know, that, that's the problem the Oilers had at the start of the year. It's the problem that the Devils are still having. You know, you can you can overcome average goaltending. You can outscore average goaltending. You can outscore above average goaltending and win a bunch of games. The Hurricanes have. But you can't deal with bad goaltending. And obviously that's what was going on before the Ottawa game, um, the Islanders game that you mentioned in particular. Um, but they figured out a way to do it. And I don't know that that's good enough, this tandem as currently constituted. Right. 
is good enough to win a Stanley Cup, but it's gotten them this far, and it hasn't ruined their season, which is a different situation than maybe the Devils are in. Um, obviously, they've probably had more top-end injuries than the Hurricanes, um, Dougie Hamilton and so on. Yeah, but, Jack uh, Hughes, yeah. Both has been, been absolutely terrible. Um, and the Oilers was absolutely terrible, and it's recovered a little bit, just like the Hurricanes. But, you know, I think Pierre Kachekov showing the ability to sort of build a game and bounce back from where he was in December and, and play well when healthy has been good. And, and Auntie Ranta hasn't been great every night, but he's been pretty good on some nights and good enough on the others with, with very few exceptions. And that's a change, too. So if you can get that, if your goaltending is not killing you, it opens up a world of possibilities. If your goaltending is killing you, there's not a whole lot you can do. Yeah, and for all the people who want the Hurricanes to go out and get a goaltender, we're talking with Luke Takak of the News and Observer here, uh, you got to go get a goalie. You have to, they have to go trade a goalie, trade for a goalie. We don't know exactly what kind of goalie they need right now, and we won't be able to determine that until we can kind of get an idea for what Pyotr Kachetkov is going to show up after the All-Star break. Remember, last year for about six weeks, he was lights out, got hurt. By the time he got back into the lineup, he wasn't the same. I think they have to figure out what he is because the goaltender who played from that Ottawa game until the injury against Anaheim, that was a goalie that they might not need another number one goalie. But we so we have we kind of have to wait and see, no? Yeah, and I think what they've done more than that. Uh oh, I don't know. I don't hear him. Do you hear him? Did I? Did, did we lose me? I don't no, think we lost me. We didn't lose me. I'm here. It looks I'm like here. he's still on, but maybe right, in a bad we, we spot. We have to uh, we have to uh, figure out Luke Takak here, uh, who will be once again joining us on the Adam Gold Show in a second. And when we get back, I'm I'm uh, right. No, here I'm you right are. Here. You're yeah, back. No, oh, all right, fine. I, I back. Yeah, no, I, you know, if <laughs> Freddie Harrison rises from the ashes, you know, that, that would potentially change the equation too. But what they've done is they've bought themselves time. They've bought themselves yeah. time to assess where Pyotr Kachekov is in his career. They've bought themselves time to assess whether Antti Ranta can be the backup. They've bought themselves time for Freddie to work through his issues. So uh, what, you know, time is, time is money in the salary cap era. The longer you can wait before making a move. Um, and quite frankly, when you look at the options that have been out there and some of the price tags attached to them, it really hasn't made sense. Um, so it's the longer you right. can, and they've done more than muddle through, but the longer you can muddle through and, and push off this decision of whether you decide you're going to have to do that, uh, the more options you're going to have, the less it's going to cost you, the more salary cap space you're going to have, and potentially that's the more other things you could do at the deadline. But, um, you know, I, I think that, I think that the, the book is still out on that, whether they need to or not. But I think they've done a really nice job sort of buying themselves time to figure that out. All right. So, Luke DeCock, final thing on the Hurricanes as we uh, head into the All-Star break here. And then we'll talk about uh, Wolfpack uh, on the other side. We'll have just a, a minute or so here. One thing you believe that they have to go out and get? I, you know, I don't know if they have to go out and get anything the way they've played. I think the thing that would help them most, assuming the goaltending holds up, is uh, one more centerman. Because as good of a start as Jusferi Kokiemi had, as well as Jack Drury has played lately, I think when you get into a playoff series and you're dealing with matchups and things like that, I think they could use one more, one more body down the middle that's a legit NHL top six to nine centerman. 
Adam Gold in studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. So it didn't sound to me like you were describing Elias Lindholm. I always say, what the, what do they need? And I do the best I can to describe. I always say they need a right-handed centerman who can play in all situations uh, and used to play here from Sweden. Uh, so yeah, that, that's I mean, how that, I do it. That would be great. Um but I don't know that that's, a re- that's realistic to expect that given the, you know, the contract situation and all that. And I don't know that it makes the most sense for Elias Lindholm, quite frankly. Um, you know, He's going to want to pick his spots. He's, he's probably not going to be a star here on this team. He might next year. But the, the opportunities here may not be as great. He's, he would be coming here to add to a team, not to carry a team himself. I understand. Uh, I still want to describe it as Elias Lindholm. It's my fantasy. Uh, let, 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 let me have that much. All right, two. To the Wolfpack, I talked about them earlier. Um, half-court offense and half-court defense has just been woeful. They didn't build on the win over Wake Forest, especially the way it, the way they played in the second half in that game. Um, and it's getting late early to coin a Yogi Berra-ism for the Wolfpack. They have to figure out a way to get some wins. They, they have to distinguish themselves from the rest of the middle of the ACC. What are you seeing from them? Yeah, they just lost their way. Uh, the question after the Syracuse game for me was uh, not so much is it season-saving time, but is it too late? Um, I don't think it is with 11 games to go in the ACC and some big games ahead. But they got to figure things out. they got to get back to the way they were playing uh, early in the ACC schedule when they weren't turning the ball over, when they were guarding people, uh, when they weren't falling for the same Benny Williams baseline cut 17 times in the same <laughs> game, and when they were, quite frankly, making shots. You know, Sidney Lowe yeah. got to make shots. You're just not going to win many games scoring 15, 22 points in the first half when you make six field goals. The math just doesn't work. So they've got to figure out a way. That, and I don't think it's here because I don't think it was necessarily bad shots the way it was like at Notre Dame where they took a million long two-point jumpers. Uh, they got to make shots, and then they got to play defense when their shots aren't falling so they don't fall behind by 18 points like they did at Syracuse, let the crowd get into the game, and then it was an uphill battle. And as Kevin Keith said afterwards, like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of coming in here and complimenting them for their fight we got to start winning games, yeah. not patting ourselves on the back for coming back in almost. Yeah, the, uh, the fight at Virginia was admirable, right? But, uh, but they ended up losing the game in overtime anyway. They, but getting off to such bad starts is just killing them. And, you know, in, in some ways, I go back to the game at North Carolina, which uh, not at, but at, uh, against North Carolina at PNC Arena, which in some ways was cold water, was like a, the ice water in the face. Because I thought, especially the way the early part of the game, they weren't playing their game, but they were right there. And I felt like in the second half, there there was an opportunity for them to take that game. And they just rushed everything. They played poor. I actually thought their half-court defense was good in that game until it got away from them. But they yeah. they rushed everything offensively. Uh, they 
they couldn't finish off possessions on the defensive glass. I thought that in some ways really hurt them. Yeah, the flip side to that is uh, until the last few uh, five to seven minutes, whatever it was, they kept up with North Carolina. You know, they kept it. You know, North Carolina right. would start to pull away a little bit. They would pull them back. So, and then, you know, we've seen what North Carolina has done to other teams this year. I don't think there's any doubt uh, what we're looking at with North Carolina. So I actually thought until they, the, the Wolf Pack sort of wilted and late, and, and I, I really thought that had more to do with, honestly, with UNC uh, being a, a better team, quite frankly. I mean, I think they just sort of got outplayed at the end because UNC is deeper and stronger and has more guys who can do more things. But I actually, I, I don't, I thought the, the, the cold water performance, if anything, was the absolute no-show at home against Virginia Tech. The slow start yes. wasn't a the problem. They just got beat at home. And I think that shook their confidence a little bit. I think there should, it shook their confidence at Virginia, and they should have come out of the Virginia game with it rebuilt the way they forced overtime. And instead, they went into Syracuse and played what was probably their worst game of the year. So, uh, there's some confidence rebuilding. You know, DJ Burns has not been good. No. Uh, they maintain he's not injured, despite the fact he never sits on the bench and didn't start at Syracuse. Um, but they got DJ Horn's got to make shots. Jaden Taylor's got to make shots. Casey Morsell's got to make shots. And they got to find a way to get DJ Burns back to at least threatening to score 20 points because, you know, 10 and 7 is just, they're not built to win with DJ Burns putting up those kinds of numbers. North, North Carolina can win if Armando Baker has 9 and 6. They're going to be, they're, they're fine. They don't need him to score 35 points every night. NC State needs more out of D.J. Burns. Some of it is teams have figured out how to stop him, and some of it, I think, is his decision-making hasn't been good this year. He's got to get back to doing what he does best. I actually think – I'm not sure he's a net positive to them because I think he hurts their defense. And, I mean, I love D.J. Burns, but I think he's more of a designated hitter than he is somebody who can be a 30-minute player uh, in the ACC. Especially – I kind of like Middlebrook's – and Diara, I think you can play them together, but I mean, I don't know. I just they have to get their half court offense and defense uh, playing a whole lot better. Otherwise, again, it's getting late early. Luke Decock of the News and Observer. I appreciate your time, my friend, at Luke Decock on Twitter. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Eddie. See you soon. You got it. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu.